The Los Angeles Rams pass rush is one of its biggest threats on defense, but the numbers don't look like what you might expect. Can the New Orleans Saints offensive line keep them from improving on Thursday night football? We got all of that and a little bit of land yap for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, credentialed media member covering your New Orleans Saints for Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site covering the team. And on today's episode, I'm going to give you all the injury updates as well as what to watch for for later today's practice. We're going to dive into uh, how the Saints have the advantage over on offense, particularly in the passing game, and kick all of it off with Aaron Donald and the Los Angeles Rams pass rush. Is it still the threat that we know it can be? We're going to break all that down and much more on today's episode. I thank you very much for being in every day or making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and enter the promo code Locked on NFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So I want to kick things off with Aaron Donald here because if the New Orleans Saints want a chance to win this game on Thursday night football, mitigating the pass rush of the Los Angeles Rams needs to be number one priority on the offensive side of the football. And you can already kind of feel Dennis Allen leaning towards that and leaning into that a little bit. In his post-game press conference with us after the win over the New York Giants, one of the things that he continuously highlighted was that nothing works on the offensive side if you don't have the protection up front. And the Saints absolutely had the protection up front against the New York Giants team that is a fairly good defensive line, including talent like Kayvon Thibodeau, as well as, of course, uh, Dexter Lawrence on the interior. The Saints will face a similar pass rush uh, on Thursday, but from a different style, a little bit more akin to what you see with the Carolina Panthers, not as, you know, lack of production as you would see with Carolina, but in a 3-4, three, three down linemen, four linebackers rushing from the outside with stand-up backers type of an approach. And that's going to be led by, of course, Aaron Donald. And so that has to be the Saints' number one priority in this game is trying to neutralize Aaron Donald on the offensive side as much as possible. So let's take a look at what Aaron Donald has done so far this season. 74 total pressures, including 14 hits on the quarterback. He's got six sacks on the season, a couple of them half sacks, but he's tied for the lead for the team with those six sacks. Now, make no mistake about it. The pass rush for Los Angeles is still very good. Aaron Donald is still remarkably good and still one of the best defensive players, if not the best defensive player in the NFL at the position, but they have not produced the way that you might think that a Los Angeles Rams pass rush will produce. Uh, I mentioned that Aaron Donald is tied with somebody for the team's lead in sacks at six. It's him and young edge rusher uh, Byron Young, who's going to be one of those outside pass rushers standing up on the edge and kind of looking like a blitzer, but it's part of their scheme. 
And then uh, not far behind them is Kobe Turner, a Wake Forest nose tackle, who if you're an everyday, you heard me talk about all the time during the draft process coming into this year. Uh, He's right behind them with five and a half sacks. After that, you got a bunch of folks with a few sacks, one sack, two sacks kind of a situation. In fact, and this is why I asked the question that I asked at the end of the episode yesterday when we were looking at the Rams offense, do you think that the Saints could compete on offense with against their own defense and specifically highlighting the pass rush? Do you feel like the Saints offense could produce against the Saints pass rush? The reason why I asked that question, Saints and Rams both sitting with 30 sacks on the season. But let's not trust those numbers. Let's look at some other numbers as well. How do they supplement their pressure? Both of them sitting with 120 or in the 120s when it comes to blitzes called. Both of them in 23% range when it comes to their blitz percentage. They're separated in the Rams' favor by just six quarterback hits. They're separated in the Saints' favor by just three total pressures. And the Saints have just a one and a half percent higher pressure percentage than the Rams. The Rams' pass rush, in terms of its productivity and in terms of its results, is the Saints' pass rush in terms of its productivity and in terms of its results. The difference in the Rams' favor is that they have Aaron Donald, one of the best defensive players to ever play the game. The difference, for this season at least, in the Saints' favor is that the Rams have missed nearly 30 more tackles on the defensive side than the Saints have on their defensive side. So when you look at where this pass rush is for the Los Angeles Rams, they have all the talent in the world, but they've so far been underperforming. Can the Saints offensive line keep it that way? Or is this the get right game that the Los Angeles Rams are looking for for their pass rush? And one big name to watch, which we'll discuss a little bit more in depth later on in today's show, is Ryan Ramchek. Will Ryan Ramchek be good to go? Missed last week, hasn't practiced so far this week, the estimated injury report on Monday, the walkthrough on Tuesday. We'll see what happens later on today, on Wednesday, but definitely a name to watch to see what his status is. I assume he might possibly be a game time decision at this point. And if he's a game time decision, does he get back out on the field? If he doesn't, then you're going to watch Landon Young, number 67 over on that right side and see how he can handle the next level up style of pass rusher above, you know, a Kayvon Thibodeau who's still kind of figuring his game out. So for the Saints, mitigating that pass rush and being able to control the line of scrimmage as best as possible is what's going to set up their offense for success. There will be no Derek Carr throwing for three touchdowns. There will be no Lynn Bowden finding open spots in the zone in the middle of the field. There will be no A.T. Perry coming back, fighting for the football, turning up on a third and 18 to to pull off a big third down conversion. There's not going to be um, Alvin Kamara bursting through the, the line to get to gain 15 yards on a run play when you're trying to ice the game. None of that happens if the offensive line can't control the line of scrimmage. And the O-line has done a fantastic job of controlling the line of scrimmage, more specifically in the run game over the course of the past two weeks, but did a spectacular job or a spectacular leap, right? And a spectacular step forward from where they were uh, previously in last week's game in pass protection as well. That's going to be key. Nothing works if the Los Angeles Rams pass rush does. That's the way that these New Orleans Saints have to be looking at it. So is the Los Angeles Rams pass rush still a threat, even though they're producing right now the fifth lowest, excuse me, tied 
for the fifth lowest, along with the New Orleans Saints and actually a couple of other teams, sack numbers of the season so far? Yes. Why? They've got Aaron Donald. They've got Kobe Turner. They've got Byron Young. They've got talent there that could pop off at any given moment to help to boost those numbers after this week 16 game. The New Orleans Saints offensive line cannot let that happen if the Saints want any chance at an upset victory in the City of Angels. Coming up next, what is it and why is it that the New Orleans Saints have an advantage in the passing game if that offensive line holds up? We're going to break that down as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the easiest and without a doubt, most fun way to play daily fantasy sports. Let me give you a quick example on how this works. You pick two to six players, choose whether or not they're going to come in at more or less than the projection that Prize Picks gives you. If you get those right, you can win up to 25 times your entry. And right now they have a whole new promo going on called Demons and Goblins that come with non-standard payouts up to 100 Time. So now you've got some wiggle room and a couple of different ways to play a game that is already the most fun way to go out there and play daily fantasy sports in existence. So I want you to go and check them out today. Visit prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the promo code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, that is a first deposit match up to $100 when you go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and enter that promo code locked on NFL prizepicks. Daily Fantasy Made Easy. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Don't forget to go and check out that Locked on Sports Today 24-7 stream, the first ever national sports 24-7 stream on YouTube over at the Locked on Sports Today YouTube page. Go and subscribe today to be a part of history. Look, the, the New Orleans Saints in this game, if their offensive line holds up, then they have the opportunity to be able to really take advantage of what is a pretty weak Los Angeles Rams passing defense. Right now, the Rams are 21st in the NFL when it comes to passing defense, when it comes to yardage, 14th in in the run, and just 30th in takeaways. When we look at those takeaways a little bit more in depth, uh, the Rams right now are kind of struggling in that area. They're minus two in their turnover differential, meaning that they've turned the ball over or given the ball away twice more than, not twice as much, but two times more than they have taken the ball away from opposing teams. They've done so with just eight interceptions and four fumble recoveries. So just 12 total takeaways so far for this Rams defense. So that gives the New Orleans Saints a pretty good sense of comfort here. They're giving up a lot of passing yards. They're giving up a lot of yards per attempt, and they're not taking the ball away. So if that offensive line can hold up, as we just set up in our opening segment of the show, then I think that the Saints offense should be able to move the ball pretty well through the air. Now, they'll get some help there if Chris Olave is available and back. He did return back to practice. We'll update you a little bit more on that here in just a moment. Uh, The other thing that I want to highlight too, though, is that right now, the Rams are very low on that list of takeaways, and there's a reason for it. They play a ton of zone coverage, about 70% of their defense is played in zone coverage. It's more than 70%. They are not a man coverage team. Man coverage tends to lead to some turnovers, tends to lead to some big plays and touchdowns as well. Just depends upon how good you are at managing that scheme. And don't get me wrong, zone coverage can lead you to those interceptions as well when you have the rangy safeties, when you have the sideline to sideline coverage ability. 
but the Rams don't necessarily have that. So they have to play very tight, very strict to their zones. They don't get a lot of opportunities to bail in order to go and make a play. That puts them into some bad situations. So they play some pretty standard zone coverages as well. They might mix in a little bit of cover six, which is this unique blend of half the field on one side plays cover two, half the field plays cover four, which gives you three deep safeties. And they kind of do some of those a little bit more um, interesting things. But for the most part, they're playing cover three, wherein you've got three deep safeties that drop back, that take over a third of the field in the deep area. And then you've got four underneath uh, coverage players that are a blend of linebackers, safeties, however it is. Sometimes they invert, sometimes they do things like that, but nothing really super extravagant when it comes to that level. And then similarly, cover four, same thing, but four deep coverage safeties. And in both of these cases, the Saints already have built into their offense what it is that will take advantage of both of these coverages. I mentioned yesterday when I did the offensive breakdown that I watched like six hours of tape on the uh, on the Rams offense because of how intricate and complex and all the different things that they do, all the little wrinkles that they introduce, all that stuff. I spent maybe two hours on the Rams defense, about a third of the time, because their defense isn't massively complex. They want to rush four. They want to drop seven in the coverage. They hope that their pass rush gets home. And if not, then they hope that they're able to make the plays over on the back end by following their rules, but they do it through zone coverage. So this is where the Saints defense is its furthest departure from the Rams defense, despite how eerily similar the pass rush situation might be in terms of production. The coverages could not be more different. The New Orleans Saints play amongst the most man coverage in the NFL. They're in that category of top three, top five when it comes to man coverage. The Rams are one of the bottom teams in the NFL when it comes to that percentage split. So for the Saints, what you're doing is you're trying to do things that create conflict defenders. And this is something we talk about all the time when it comes to anything in the NFL, but particularly you want to create conflict defenders downfield if you can. Now, there are things that you can do. We talked last week about you know the three by one formation and utilizing sort of the stick patterns and stuff like that, creating sort of that underneath linebacker as a conflict defender. If you have three receivers on one side and the, the, the linebacker overreacts to the inside most receiver running a bubble screen, and then you have a the second receiver running a hitch, go to the hitch. If he keeps his depth and goes to the hitch, you go to the bubble screen. If the outside corner is over the top of the outside guy who's running a go route, but he's close, he's like five yards in within seven yards, you're probably going to get an I'm leaving, yeah, I'm even, I'm leaving situation, and then you can put it up deep for that player. But outside of that, a lot of what you're going to be looking for is can you turn the cover three look into uh, a tough time for that middle safety? In fact, the Saints just did this against the New York Giants. The touchdown that uh, Juwan Johnson caught in the seam, the reason why it was so wide open was because it was against a cover three look. Taysom Hill kind of you know falls out into into the flats or into the you know the boundary area that pulls that deep corner that's supposed to bail all the way to the you know to the deep area, the deep third keeps that one down from not taking a lot of uh, taking a lot of depth. The cover man that's over the top of Juwan Johnson is playing an underneath zone, so he's not following Juwan Johnson up the field. That becomes the safety's responsibility, but the Saints did what they needed to do. They ran a post on one side with Rashid Jaheed. They ran that seam route, that go, which came with a nifty little sell by Juwan Johnson, sold the out route first and then went up. They kind of sluggo seam, and then he pulls up. 
that safety rolls to the right side to try to cover over the top of Rashid Shaheed, understandably so, because that's quite the threat with all that speed. Juwan Johnson's wide open up the seam. That's what you're going to be looking for a ton in here. And you're going to be able to do that against both of these looks, because if you get three receivers over on one side against two deep safeties, that safety's got to make that same decision. Or you go to the underneath, and then because of the way that the, the underneath zones have to get depth to cover up for the fact that four different safety or four different defensive backs are bailing deep, you go short, and then you end up with a look like the one that Lynn Bowden almost had, had it been on target from Taysom Hill, who was under pressure, doesn't matter, but got the pass off, but wasn't able to connect with Lynn Bowden. But if you looked ahead of him, he had nobody in front of him. That's one of those deep coverage looks that pulls those uh, those underneath zones to a little bit more depth, and then you get a lot of opportunity in green grass on the short side. So then you add on top of that 90 missed tackles so far by this Los Angeles Rams defense, and it's going to open up opportunities for you to be able to get some catch and run shots. The other thing is that when it comes to cover four, those safeties have to be really, really aggressive against the run, because if they just bail out at the beginning of the play, they're toast, right, in the run game. And so for the Saints, here's another opportunity to start to continue to influence what those safeties are doing, where they're looking, and how they're reacting by utilizing more motion and, of course, getting some play action going. The Saints did that last week. They ended up maintaining a good bit of that up against the New York Giants. The Saints ran motion on 61% of the plays that they called, 50% on the passing plays that they called. Some of those were non-plays because of penalties and things like that, but you saw the motion pre-snap before any penalty was called. On the 20 of 28 rushes, they ran uh, motion before the snap, and three of those, which didn't get motion, were kneel down, so 20 of 25. So the Saints were consistent with their motion, and they were consistent in play action as well. Eight play action passes called. Derek Carr was six of eight for 53 yards on those play action attempts. So keep that going. That's going to feed into the aggressive nature that you have to have as a defense if you're playing a lot of that cover four or bail defensive back type of coverages like what we see in cover four and in cover three. So the Saints have what it takes to have the advantage, particularly in the passing game, up against the Los Angeles Rams. And honestly, Alvin Kamara has what it takes to make things tough for the Rams on the ground as well if the Saints can win the line of scrimmage, because then he gets the opportunity to go and break some of those tackles. And that's a big area where the Rams defense has struggled so far this season. So they've got to be able to find a way to, to kind of isolate that and then attack that, exploit that as much as they can over on the offensive side. Pete Carmichael called the game against the Giants. So there was a lot of rumors that he didn't and question marks about whether or not he did. He did. He called that game. So now he's got to keep that momentum going and not Forget everything that just worked against the Rams because a lot of, or against the Giants because a lot of it could work against the Rams as well. Coming up next, let me get you more updates on injuries as well as what to watch for in today's practice. We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Saints is brought to you by our friends at Game time. Game time is the best place to go to get all of the tickets that you need for whatever events you're looking for, whether it's your favorite sporting events, concerts, comedy, theater, shows, whatever it is that you're looking for, they've got you covered over at Game Time with deals that last all the way up to an hour after the event even starts. So you can really take your time to make your decision or 
decide on a whim that you want to go and do something fun and spontaneous for a date night, for your own solo date night, whatever it is that you're looking for, Game Time will have you covered. So download the Game Time app today, create an account, and enter the promo code Locked On NFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download that app, create an account, redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off when you download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's get it, Huda Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. And thank you very much, as always, for being an everyday. And since you're an everyday, let me tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's episode. Travis Rogers of Locked on Rams and I on Crossover Thursday. Break down everything that you need to know from what each of these teams needs to do to get a win. The matchups that's going to define it. And, of course, the biggest story for both teams, including how we thought this might be a game to forget. And now, turns out, might be a game to remember with these teams both doing a little bit better than maybe we thought they would be doing at this point in the season. So we've got that coming up for you tomorrow. Travis Rogers and I breaking it all down on Crossover Thursday. Here to wrap up today's show, we're going to be taking a look at the New Orleans Saints, giving you some of the injury updates as well as what we're going to be looking for in practice later on today. And the big thing is that the New Orleans Saints are looking to return a little bit of firepower here and are on the trend of getting as healthy as they can be at this time. The return of Chris Olave is something that is still at this moment questionable. But the potential is high. Uh, Chris Olave did not make his way back to the field or back to the team uh, dealing with that ankle injury or dealing with that injury uh, before that Giants game. And Dennis Allen spoke to us after the game saying that a little bit of that had to do with the fact that like, look, we know we've got a game in four days after this too. So that might have played a little bit into it. But it was clear that Chris wasn't going to be ready for the Sunday game against the, the New York Giants. Could he be ready now for this game against the Los Angeles Rams? Olave had himself a nice little game uh, against the Rams last year. And I think that he would love to be back out on the field and do it again under the bright lights of Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. And so we'll see if he's able to make his way back. He was back at practice yesterday on Tuesday. They're trying to get my practice days straight with the, uh, with the early week. Um, but he was back at practice on Tuesday, limited, but present. Um, and he was uh, a part of everything that was going on. Now, it was just a walkthrough. So we didn't really get to see a ton of stuff and everything, but we did to the injury report when it came out later on that day, and he made his return to practice on a limited basis. So we'll see if that continues, or maybe even if that ticks up going into this Wednesday practice later on today, but definitely something to keep an eye out on because the Saints certainly would love to have Chris Olave back in the mix, especially last week, the way that the Saints spread the ball around, hitting 10 different receivers for the first time since Halloween of 2021 getting an 11th receiver involved there and getting an 11th option who is your best option on the team in that area of the game would certainly go a long way to making this game a little bit more manageable over on the Saints offensive side and allow them to maybe have one of those opening drives that have been elusive for this team so far. They have not yet scored an opening drive touchdown. Could that change and could Chris Olave be a part of that formula to make it so? Uh, Chris Olave wasn't the only player to return to practice. Uh, Kendra Miller, the Saints third round pick running back out of TCU, the guy that they picked uh, because they were afraid of picking a guy who had injury problems in Tajay Spears, uh, has been dealing with a lot of injuries so far this year and came into the NFL with his own injuries, but has been dealing with a lot of different things. He had the uh, the TMJ deal during training camp, which not going to hold that against him. He didn't miss any time there with any of that, but he's had shoulder injuries. He's had knee injuries. He's been dealing with a lot of different things. Well, now he returned to practice for the first time in weeks. The Saints did go out and bring in James Robinson, added him to their practice squad. He's a guy that they liked last year too and almost went after. 
um, or maybe did go after him. I just knew that they liked him last year. Um, and so now they've got him, former Jaguars running back, went over a thousand yards, an undrafted free agent rookie that year with them, and then kind of has petered off since then, but is an immense talent and is somebody that can certainly catch passes as well. Was not active for last week's game. Could we see him potentially activated for this game to get another one of those third running backs in the mix along with Alvin Kamara and uh, Jamal Williams? No needs really rush that because you've got a Taysom Hill who will hopefully be a little bit closer to 100% this week, but it's still good at least to see Kendra Miller at least back at practice and continuing to work his way through. The way that I look at it is that Kendra Miller's evaluation of how he's going to be in the NFL just won't start this year. It starts in 2024, which isn't a massive surprise. There were already two very good veteran running backs ahead of him anyway. What was the most that he was really going to contribute this season? So we'll see what happens going into next year. I think that that's really where the evaluation of the Kendra Miller pick uh, kind of begins. Have the offseason, get healthy. I I guess they're going to try to play him again before the end of this year, but I almost question that uh, to an extent. Just get healthy, dude. And then we'll see you in 2024 to see you know what you have to offer. Um, as we know, and as I updated a couple of episodes ago, Michael Thomas, New Orleans Saints wide receiver, as well as New Orleans Saints cornerback Marshawn Lattimore have not had their practice windows open this week. And so we'll see if maybe next week becomes the time for them. But neither of them, of course, being that their practice windows haven't opened coming back from injured reserve are expected to be a part of this game uh, against the Rams. Will Peyton Turner be available this week? He practiced limited all week last week. He's practiced for the, well, he was estimated limited on Monday. He was a part of the walkthrough as limited on Tuesday. Let's see what happens later on today. Could he potentially be one of those guys that maybe comes in and helps out a little bit on the pass rush or is just kind of active, kind of gets his feet under him a little bit, but then they keep trusting Zach Bond to do that. I think I would rather continue to see Zach Bond do it until he proves that he, until something gets proven otherwise. But he was second on the team in pressures last week against the Giants on 32 pass rushing snaps with five pressures just behind Tano Passanio, who had a whopping six, had a whole half dozen uh, to himself. So Peyton Turner could potentially be back, uh, but I just don't want to see them take away snaps from Zach Bond as a pass rusher. It's been working, and I'd love to see that continue. And finally, as we mentioned earlier today, will Ryan Ramchick return to practice today on Wednesday and then potentially be available for the Saints on Thursday? Even if he doesn't practice on Wednesday, I wouldn't be surprised if he was maybe questionable going into Thursday's game, maybe a little bit of a game time decision, work him out pregame, see how he feels before he goes. But Landon Young did a good job last week when he doesn't have to come in as an emergency guy. Landon Young as a starter, when he gets to practice all week and hold the roll down and stuff like that, tends to actually pan out pretty well. Did well in Philadelphia last year in that circumstance, as an example. Did well against the Giants this year as in that circumstance, as an example. It's just that when he has to kind of come in, you know, cold uh, during a game, that's where you kind of see the struggles for sure. But uh, I think either way, you're going to get a prepared Landon Young or you're going to get Ryan Ramchick back. And it's going to be interesting to watch in either case, because you've got a 100% or as close to 100% as a player can be in week 16, uh, prepared, uh, you know, 100% health-wise, and now prepared Landon Young or some percentage of a Ryan Ramchick which of those two ends up being your better option is going to be the interesting thing to juggle if you're the New Orleans Saints. So those are some of the things we're going to be watching out for. Will Chris Olave's participation step up? What happens with Peyton Turner? What happens with Ryan Ramchek and all that? We're going to continue to track that later on today, but I wanted to give you those updates since the next show is the crossover Thursday episode, and then we won't necessarily have the injury updates there for you, but I'll probably put something out with injury updates and everything if there's any big news that comes out of today's practice. 
So I appreciate you as always, y'all, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day for your second listen. Make sure you go and check out Locked on Pelicans. Heartbreaking loss for the Pels against the Grizzlies last week or yesterday, uh, but the uh, episode from Jake is fantastic over there. So make sure you go and check that out. And of course, Caroline Fenton over at Locked on LSU, getting you ready for everything going on. LSU women's basketball, senior bowl, uh, Heisman bid win still by Jaden Daniels, all that good stuff. So lots of great stuff going on uh, here in Locked on Louisiana. I appreciate you very much as always making Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. If you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're moming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.